Hello, fellow project managers. Many of you are taking the PMP exam and are looking for guidance. Today, I'm going to give you a whole lot of guidance by going through the tasks in the PMP exam content outline. Now, this is going to be extremely rapid, but what I will do is I will give you keywords and concepts to read and study before you exam. So, if you're one week to the exam, listen up. Domain one, people. Manage conflict. Understand the Thomas Kilman mode instrument. The five approaches to conflict talked about in popular documents such as avoid, force, reconcile. Know that stuff pretty well. And understand how the Thomas Kilman mode instrument breaks it down. Task two, lead a team. When you talk about leading a team, this goes hand in hand with managed conflict. For this one, you need to remember first and foremost, the scrum master needs to be courageous because if conflict is standing in the way of the team and progress, it is the job of the scrum master to address that conflict up front and ensure that the parties involved work as a team to get it resolved. And that takes us into lead a team. When we talk about lead a team from an agile perspective, you need to remember we're talking more about servant leadership than anything else. Also very important is the Hersey Blanchard model. Make sure you understand when to direct, when to coach, when to support, and when to delegate. Task three, support team performance. Latching onto task two that talks about lead a team you got to bolt on support team performance. How do you do that? You do this by using sensible key performance indicators. Let's talk about your burn-up chart, your burn-down chart, your velocity, and things like that. Those could help. But it's very important that we don't compare teams. We want to recognize when teams need to grow. And for that reason, I want to call your attention to the five stages of team development Tuckman's ladder. Get good with it. Get good with the lingo in the sixth edition that is used. Make sure you're very comfortable with Tuckman's ladder. Also understand that the adjourning stage is not a good stage from an agile lens because if the team has worked to develop all this synergy and you're going to disband the team at the end of the day, what a waste of effort because you have to do that again for another team on another project. So the idea is to keep the team together support team performance and that takes us to empowering team members and stakeholders how do we do this decentralized decision making organize around team strength support team task accountability and bestow the right levels of decision making authority the fifth thing ensure team members and stakeholders are adequately trained now when we talk about the scrum master and the servant leader these individuals are meant to be on the lookout for opportunities to improve team members, to take them to that next level. How? By training, coaching, team building, and expansion. So it says, ensure team members and stakeholders are adequately trained, determine the required competencies, determine the training options, allocate resources, and of course, get them trained, and measure those training outcomes at the end of the day. We're not very prescriptive in an agile world, but in a hybrid world, we might need to have some more process in place as far as this is concerned. And for this, I would recommend read up 
the develop team process and read up training as a tool and technique. Task six, build a team. How do you build a team? You build a team as a servant leader doing all of those things necessary to keep the team together and moving along in one cohesive fashion. Think about servant leadership tenets. And when thinking about servant leadership tenets, also think about those 12 principles that I've talked about before. They will come in handy as well. Being a good steward of the team, helping the team collaborate. Stakeholder engagement, of course, from the wider team. Focusing on value for stakeholders as a team. Thinking about big picture systems thinking, leadership. The importance of tailoring feedback to the team in particular. The importance of the retrospective and inspect and adapt mechanism. Understanding complexity could exist as a result of interactions at the team level. Risks when it comes to teams. Being adaptable even as a team to respond to changes in the environment. And also change itself. Understanding that if team members are changed too frequently, this could work against the team. So we need to have a much wider idea about the team than just what you see face value. So when we talk about task six, building a team, we're talking about looking at the wider team, appraising stakeholder skills, maintaining team and knowledge transfer, keeping the team moving in one cohesive whole. That's what we're saying. Task seven, address and remove impediments, obstacles, and blockers for the team. The project manager is a roadblock remover. The servant leader, the scrum master, same thing. Roadblock removers, that's how we need to think for the exam. So we need to aggressively pursue those impediments, obstacles, and blockers, and we need to do everything possible to get them out of our way as a team. And of course, a lot of the responsibility will lie on the project manager or on the servant leader to do this. It's an expectation. Number eight, negotiate project agreements. What are we talking about here? Money? No. This does not refer to money alone. It could. But a lot of our focus on negotiating project agreements are things such as ground rules, team agreements, and even more importantly, the concept of velocity, the concept of story points. These are things that we should negotiate and understand what can we really deliver based on empirical data. Number nine, collaborate with stakeholders. Evaluate engagement needs for stakeholders. Understand that business people and developers must work together daily throughout the project. Why? Because in an agile environment, change is extremely rapid. This is also one of our risk coping mechanisms. Task 10. Build a shared understanding. Building a shared understanding espouses the DIGCIV mindset, which is define that problem. Let's be on the same page regarding that problem. Identify the root cause. Let's understand what the root cause is. Let's generate alternatives. Let's choose the best alternative. Let's implement it and let's ensure that this thing actually works. Let's verify solution effectiveness. This is how we need to think when we're talking about building shared understanding because we talk about breaking down the problem, breaking down the situation, breaking down the misunderstanding to identify the root cause. That takes us to number 11, engage and support virtual teams. Virtual teams are prevalent in the world today. They've come to stay. 
the crazy pandemic has made it even more prevalent. So when you are engaging and supporting virtual teams, you want to make sure that you are indeed using the right tools. You are indeed using the right virtual environment. It says investigate communication tools for virtual team member engagement. And that's exactly what this talks about. Implementing those options and continually evaluating are these working or not? If they're not working, they need to be changed. Number 12, define team ground rules. When you approach ground rules, you need to remember there are many alternatives for the term ground rules. Not every question will have the term ground rules, but some questions will have social contract, team contract, team agreement. You need to understand all of these are interwoven together. We say social contract, team contract, same thing. Team agreement, same thing. Ground rules, all used in that same context. So we want to communicate organizational principles and make sure we're on the same page regarding these ground rules. And we want to manage any ground rule violations. Number 13, mentor relevant stakeholders. Mentoring is an important piece of any project and it should be recognized as a tool that project managers and teams can use to the advantage. So we want to allocate time to mentoring even before we begin to see opportunities because we know that mentoring is great so we want to recognize and act on mentoring opportunities but right there in the back of our mind we should realize Let's allocate some time for these mentoring activities, whether it's pair programming, whether it's straight ahead mentoring, whatever it is, we need to understand time needs to be put aside for that. Final one in people, where's the point will end for today. It reads, promote team performance through the application of EI. EI, simply put, is understanding your emotions and being able to bridle your emotions and understanding the emotions of others and being able to influence the emotions of others for the betterment of the project so that the project moves along in one cohesive whole and people are all on the same page. Now, a leader who cannot bridle her emotions or his emotions is just like a cannon waiting to go off and exploding the whole team to oblivion. That's not what we want. So we want to assess behavior through the use of personality indicators, if you will. But I know in the world of Agile, it's like a gut check, a self-inspection. Am I acting in a way that is congruent with the manifesto principles and values? And if I'm getting out of line, if my actions are getting out of line, I need to get myself under control. That's the mindset. It reads, analyze personality indicators and adjust to the emotional needs of key project stakeholders. Now, instead of saying explicitly that this is personality indicators, personality typing and Myers-Briggs, which could be on the exam. In the real world, we often do this based on a gut check and a gut guess, a gut feel. So don't forget EI. It's important. And I would recommend that you read up the Myers-Briggs model because it very well could come out on the test, as many have said. And that is part one in this series. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, do let me know. We're going to be talking about process and business as the weeks go on. But this was the very first one. Highly recommend. Listen before your test. Put these things into action. Make sure you close any gaps. You'll be laughing all the way to the score bank. Thanks for joining. Talk to you soon. Bye.